My name is Troy Maxwell. My wife and I are the senior pastors here. And if I haven't met you yet, make sure you come in the lobby afterwards. I'd love to shake your hand, get to know you a little bit. My wife is at Central Campus today. This is a strong man's weekend. We have all of our strong speakers that are still here. Uh, Joseph Sojo Sojourner is at our South End Campus. And, and uh, my, one of my best friends, Randy Bazette, is at our Central Campus. And um, we, are, we are in a series called Third Man. We're talking about the best kept secret the Holy Spirit. I, um, I've been married 26 years coming in September. Come on, that's good right there. Come on, the world we live in, it's pretty darn good, pretty darn good. All to the same woman, all in a row. Just want to make that clear. I had to say that just to, just to make sure everything's good. And I, I want to tell you a story. When we got married, when we first got married, um, when we got married, I was the epitome of a bachelor. And when you get married, you kind of have to combine your furniture. I live with a bunch of guys in a big old house. We had five, there were five guys, fraternity guys, that we lived in a house together. And uh, had five bathrooms, five bedrooms and, and seven bathrooms. It was a huge house. And we all roomed together. And then my, my wife lived with this girl. And when we got married, we had to put our furniture together. Now, being the bachelor that I was, I had a water bed for a bed. And my wife said, ain't going to happen. Like, you just got to get rid of the waterbed. It's going to have to burn that bad boy. And I don't know what she was talking about, but I agreed to it. And I am, I am, I, I, I like sleep. I don't know if anybody else likes sleep, but I enjoy sleep. I mean, I, I look forward to it. I like waking up, but I like, I like the whole process. And one of the things that I really enjoy are clean sheets. Now, I don't know how many times you wash your sheets, but I wash about at least once a week. My kids, however, maybe every six months and... You know, they, they have mushrooms and all kinds of animals growing in their sheets. And I, I, it's not my room. You know, it's up to them. They're old enough to make their own decisions these days. And so, but one of the things that happened when we first got married, when we had to get a new bed, is we saved up some money. And my wife said, we're going to go and find a comforter to go on the bed. Now, I, I didn't realize the importance or the value of a comforter. Like, I had no idea how important it was and, you know, what, what it was going to take. Three weeks it took us going to Bed Bath & Beyond and, and this good gracious store and price. And I didn't realize how expensive they were. Good gracious. I learned the difference between down and not down and dog hair and non-dog hair and llamas and non-llama. I mean, everything. You name it. And I learned everything about a comforter until one day we finally purchased a comforter. Now, because it took so long and the process was so involved, I got pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. I mean, I got fired up that day because I knew that night, because I like sleep, that I was going to get to enjoy the comforter. And so I, I get home, you know, we have dinner together. This is before we had kids, and it's quiet in the house, you know, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's a whole other message. Don't go there. I know y'all laughing, but that's, that's a whole other message. And uh, so I, I'm excited about it, you know, I go in the bedroom, and to my amazement, the comforter's not even on the bed. I'm like, what are you doing? I said, honey, what, what? Where's the comforter? We just spent three weeks. We spent hundreds of dollars on this down-filled comforter. And where is it? And she says, there it is over there. It's folded up and put in the corner. I'm like, no, hold on a second. She said, Troy, you got to understand. We didn't buy this comforter 
for use, it's just for looks. I said, well, I have two questions. Okay, first question is, who else is coming in our bedroom? That was my first question. And we did, I want to use that bad boy. Like, I'm excited about it. See, the truth is that many times our relationship with the Holy Spirit, or maybe our experience with the Holy Spirit, is He's only for looks and not for use. I want to talk to you today about the person of the Holy Spirit, the personality of the Holy Spirit. And sadly, over the, the years and years since the church has started 2,000 years ago, um, the, the person, the relationship that we can have with the Holy Spirit has been hijacked from the church. David said this, and it's a very important verse for us to understand in Psalms 51. He said, do not cast God. He's praying this prayer presence. He tells God, he's praying this prayer, a very important prayer. David says, King David, one of the greatest kings to have ever lived. He said, I, I don't want there to be a moment in my life where I do not have the presence of God in my life. And then he tells us who the presence of God is. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. In other words, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit are interchangeable. They're, they're one and the same. A.W. Tozer made a statement about the hijacking or the great heist that happened in the church. And he said that you could remove the Holy Spirit from most churches and they wouldn't realize it for three months. Which is sad because he's a very integral part of our relationship with God. He's a very integral part of our relationship with each other, community. Uh, is built, fellowship is built around our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Our foundational verse is found in Acts chapter 19. Paul is traveling to uh, the city of Ephesus. Now Ephesus is a very important city in the building of the New Testament church. Ephesus was the epicenter of idol worship. There was, there, there was an idol, um, a fertility god by the name of Diana that existed in Ephesus. This was, uh, it was a very difficult place. It was a very anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Christian place. However, Paul found some Christians and he came to them and he was having this call that Paul, this in verse 1, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Now, a disciple would be someone who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now that is kind of the where we are in regards to the church. And I can tell you from my experience over the last 25 years, I've met several different people. I've met people who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, but he's more for looks than he is for use. In other words, they say that they've, been, they've received the Holy Spirit. However, there's no fruit or demonstration of who the Holy Spirit is, according to what I read. A lot of people have had an experience. The other extreme would be the person who has had an experience with the Holy Spirit. And they say, man, every person that I've come into contact with that has said, you know, that was the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm not getting involved with him because if that is a representation of him, I don't want anything to do with him. 
Maybe you've seen that on television. People do some weird stuff. I've always said it this way. The Holy Spirit's not, not weird. People are. And if you can keep that in your mind, then you'll never remove, kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. You won't remove the presence of the Holy Spirit from your, 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 your journey as a Christian just for the sake of a couple weird people. Come on, anybody met anybody weird? Don't point at them, but just raise your hand. The third group they I've run into are the people that are kind of in between. They really want to know the Holy Spirit. They really want to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. However, they're much like these people. I didn't know he existed. I, how do I get to know him? What, what do I need to do to be introduced to the Holy Spirit? We, we, did, we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, verse 3, And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. This is talking about John the Baptist. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, talking about Jesus, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, when they heard this, when they heard this truth, this best kept secret, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul, they spoke with tongues on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. This was the beginning of the church in Ephesus. Now, when you read the scriptures, and, and I, I'd encourage you today, because I'm going to talk, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. And we give you a little note sheet on the back there, has some announcements on it. On the back is a place where you can take some notes. I would encourage you today to write some things down. Um, first of all, because it, it's important to remember some things, but I'm going to go pretty quickly through a lot of these scriptures. You're not going to be able to remember all of them, uh, but if you just write the scripture references down, I'd encourage you over the next week just to study them. Go back and read them. Be a great Bible study for you to read all of these scriptures over, because I'm going to give you a lot of them. Because in order to explain and show you who he is, we've got to look in the word. Because he wrote the word. <laughs> and so the, the relationship of the Holy Spirit to the New Testament church was, he wasn't just for looks, he was definitely for use. Just like for us. They really had to lean on the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about something. Think about the closest person that you have to you, your best friend. The, I mean, the person who knows you the best. You spent the most time with them. Imagine if they told you today they're going to leave you. And they were happy about it. <laughs> because in telling you that they were going to walk away from you, they said, it's better that I go away. Now, this is exactly what Jesus told the disciples. Jesus had spent... Three and a half years with these 12 guys, Peter, James, John, Matthew, all these guys. They followed him everywhere. He was their leader. He was their teacher. He was their friend. He, he, he talked to them. He taught them. He taught them how to pray. He argued with them. He, he challenged them. They watched him do miracles. They did miracles because he said things to them. I mean, amazing stuff happened through this relationship. And then... And all the way through, really all the way through his ministry, he kept telling them, I've got to go away. I'm going to go away. And they was like, no, no, no. Matter of fact, one of his disciples, he said he was going to go away. Peter said, man, what are you talking about? You can't leave us. Why would you even do this? And, 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 and it was really, really hard for them. And then he leaves. But before he leaves, he tells them about this person 
that they can have a relationship with. And he tells them in John 14, verse 18, he says, I'm not going to leave you an orphan. In other words, I'm not going to leave you alone. I, I, I promise you, I know you think me not being here is going to be hard, but the truth is it's better that I go away. It's better that I walk away from you. And then he says, I will come to you. Now, how, how in the world if, is, is he going to leave you, but yet come to you? How are you going to do this, Jesus? Well, if you go back a couple verses, he tells us, in what I believe is the pinnacle of understanding our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He says, I will pray. This is Jesus talking. I will pray to the Father. I will pray the Father. And he will give you another. Everybody say another. another. Say it one more time. Say another. another. One more time because three times a charm. Say another. The word another means the same as exactly like. Exactly the same. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. In other words, my time with Jesus, my time with you is limited but I'm going to give you a person, a friend, who will be unlimited in relationship to you. And they had to lean on him. Let me give you another translation of that verse or a description if you kind of break it all down. Here's what Jesus is really saying in that verse. He says, I will pray the Father and he will send you someone who is just like me in every way. He will be identical to me in the way I speak, the way I think, the way I operate the way I see things, and the way I do things. He will be exactly like me in every way. When he is present, I will be it will be just as if I am present because we think, behave, and operate exactly the same. Exactly the same. And he leaves. He dies on the cross and leaves them. Tells them, and, and, and they have the beginning of the New Testament completely throughout the entire beginning of the New Testament church on their relationship with this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to I talk to you about five things that Jesus teaches us about the Holy Spirit, this person, this third person that's not for looks but for use. Now, Jesus knows him better than anybody. And whenever you want to learn something about something, you want to go to the professional. You want to go to the one that knows everything, right? You want to go to the one who has all the information on it. And Jesus knew everything about the Holy Spirit. Why? Because a couple important things you got to know about their relationship. First of all, at creation, Jesus was there with him. You heard Pastor Joel a couple weeks ago. He talked about how the Holy Spirit was right here, right, hovering as the creation of the earth, waiting for the Father to say the words that he needed to say so he could act on them. When Gabriel, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. When Gabriel told Mary that she was going to have a baby, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. And she get, became present, pregnant because of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was empowered to do ministry by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised to life by the Holy Spirit. Every way... Every part of Jesus' life was framed and formed by the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody look at me for a second, because this is really important to understand in regards to your relationship. You know the Holy Spirit, even though you may think you don't. 
The reason you're here today is because of the Holy Spirit. You say, I just came to church because somebody promised me lunch afterwards. No, no, you're here, you're listening because of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're here because of him. He's been a part of your life since you were a kid. He's been involved. Let me just say this. This country would not be the country that it is without the presence of the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is go to a country that worships other gods at, as, at the central of who they are. Whole different feeling in those countries. Whole different feeling. I used to um, go to prisons and minister. Youth prisons. Every Tuesday and every... Um, I was sent to prisons. I would go to youth prisons every Tuesday and every Thursday and some Saturdays I would go and preach to youth in prisons anywhere between um, you know, 15 all the way up to 20. And I had a band called Jawbone that we created. I was a singer and it was a really bad band and you'll never hear another song by Jawbone because we were terrible, terrible. I found a tape recently of Jawbone, burned it and it was, it was just bad, really bad. Um, but, but I would go into these prisons and you can imagine what these guys were going through. And I would teach them Jesus. I would talk, preach the gospel to them. Many of them would get saved. But many of them would come to me because they were afraid that they had committed the unforgivable sin. They were afraid. They were so afraid. They would come to me and they'd go, Troy, I'm not sure that I could ever get into heaven because of what I did. And because I committed murder, because I raped this person, because I did this, because I... I, I, you know, I, I beat this person up because of all the things that I did. I feel like that I, I knew that I shouldn't do it, but I ignored it and did it anyway. And here's what I would tell every single one of them. I said, listen, if you're asking me this question, the Holy Spirit is right here. Because you're convicted about it. See, if, if we were to completely reject it, you wouldn't even have any questions about him. But because you're even in this room today, you already have the capacity to connect with the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you five things that we can learn about the Holy Spirit from Jesus. Number one is he is a who, not an it. This is important because never once did Jesus ever refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. He's a person. Why? Because you can have a relationship with a person, not with an it. I know, I know you love your car. But you don't have a relationship with your car. My, my daughter named her Jetta, Joanna the Jetta. But Joanna lets her down often. <laughs> really does. And, and, you know, but, and, and you can talk to Joanna, but Joanna's never going to talk to you back. I mean, never going to talk any, any, at all. And the reason why he's a person is because Jesus desires for us to have a relationship. He's not a mysterious force, although he can use force. He's not a power, although he has unlimited power. He's not a feeling, although he has feelings. So I, we've got to separate the two because the minute that we can uh, objectify the Holy Spirit is where we can get in trouble and remove ourselves from relationship from him. So we don't want to put him in the place of an object because then we can't. Have a relationship. Now, how do, we, how do we know that he's a person? Because he has a personality. What makes a person have a personality? The reason why you have a personality is because you have a soul. A soul has three parts to it. A mind, a will, and an emotion. 
You have a mind, you have a will, you have an emotion. We were created in the image of God. We're going to talk in a second about he is God as well. In his image, meaning that we, the Holy Spirit, just like God, we were created in his image, meaning that we have a soul, he has a soul. I love what the Bible says in Matthew 12, 18. Behold my servant whom I'm chosen. This is, G, this is God talking about Jesus. My beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. He has a soul. He has a soul, mind, a will, and emotions. How do we know he has a mind? Well, the Bible tells us, Romans 8, 27, he has a mind. He who searches the hearts, our hearts, knows what the mind of the spirit is. He thinks, he reasons, he makes decisions, he makes choices. He has a mind, so he has a personality. He has a will, means that he has a passion a drive, a desire, motivation. Listen to Acts 16. It says, next Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because them, why did they do that? Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia. The Holy Spirit has a will. Now, here's the thing you gotta understand about his will. And this is important because I think sometimes, I know I did this, we think that if I receive the Holy Spirit right in the middle of Walmart, I'm going to start going crazy and flipping, flopping on the ground and praying in tongues and doing all this stuff. No, no, you have a will too. And so he will never, ever, ever take over your will. But because he can make decisions, because he has a will, he will lead you in the will of God. So if you, if you want to know what God's will is for your life, get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just like Joel was talking about earlier, he said, he said that we were created by God. We were created by God. He has a plan for your life, and the relationship with the Holy Spirit, man, will help you fulfill that plan, figure that plan out. If you're kind of in that discovery phrase, man, this is the most important message you could ever hear. Not only does he have a mind, does he have a will, but he also has emotions. James 4, 5 says, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. He's jealous. He's jealous when we do things that, leave, when we leave him out. Not only that, Ephesians 4 says, and do, na do not make God's Holy Spirit sad. He can sad. You can grieve him, make him sad. So he's a who, not in it. Number two, thing that Jesus can teach us about the Holy Spirit is he is God. Now, this is a theological thing. He's the third person, the third man of the Trinity. Everybody say Trinity. Now, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. The word Trinity means tri, three, unity, one, three in one. It was used by a theologian, a, a one of the fathers of the faith around 280 to, to describe the relationship between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three being one. Listen, it is not one plus one plus one equals three. It's one times one times one equals one. He's one in the same. One person, three distinct actions and personalities. The best way I can describe is God is the general contractor, the father, he oversees everything. Jesus is the architect, the engineer, he organizes, engineers things, and the Holy Spirit is the foreman. He does stuff. He's the one who enacts what God says through the power of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. 
That's why he can do what he can do. It's because of that, that victory that was won. He's the third Godhead. This is kind of hard sometimes to catch. And this is where a lot of people will challenge Christianity, saying, how can they all be one? Well, some things are just too mysterious for us to understand. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it doesn't work. I, I mean, I remember the first couple times I got in an airplane. This thing's pretty heavy. You sure it's going to stay up there? Now, I didn't know what the law of lift was. Because the last time I jumped off of something, I hit the ground. But the law of lift is a whole different law that causes things to rise based on airflow. I didn't know what that was. But just because I don't understand it doesn't make, mean it doesn't work. Are you following me? And so, so we can't just remove things just because we don't understand it. So, so Jesus, Jesus told us when we were to baptize people, he gave us what was called the Trinitarian formula. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus made it very clear that all these three were important for us to understand. Paul prayed and said, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Paul understood this triune being, this important relationship. One person, three distinct relationships, three distinct personalities. Uh, the best way, God helps me understand this in regards to, to this whole trinity thing is like water. Water, saw a lot of that this week, expresses itself three different ways. It can be wet. We saw a lot of that this week called rain. We saw a lot of that. But it also can be ice. Now, are both H2O? Absolutely. Exactly the same. It can also, if you heat it up, if you heat water up, it becomes steam. Is it still water? Yeah. Just a different form. Sun. Sun produces three things. One object producing three things. We, we, we've seen that last couple of days. It's been nice to see the sun, hasn't it? Produces light for us. But it also gives us heat. And radiation. Three, one object, three things. That's what the expression of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So not only is he a who, not an it, but he also... Is God. Number three is he is involved in every step of salvation. Jesus, Jesus made it very clear that you would never know the Father except through the Holy Spirit. The name of Nicodemus. He was having a conversation one time with this guy by the name of Nicodemus. Um, he was a religious leader, came to Jesus in John chapter 3. You can read this story later. And, and he comes to Jesus because how do I get into the kingdom of God? What do I need to do to get in the kingdom of God? I want to know about eternity. Jesus said, you don't know about this? And then he makes a statement to him, a very important statement, that lets us know that we are all qualified to go to heaven. He said, Jesus and most, said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, some people would say, well, that means baptism. Actually, no, it doesn't mean baptism. He was talking about you coming through the birth canal of your mother. When, when a woman is pregnant, right before she gives birth, the water breaks. So we are born of water first, meaning that you're a human. Sadly, your cats will not go to heaven. Just saying it. I mean, I'm sorry. 
Dogs maybe, cats definitely not. <laughs> Don't send me any bad emails, I'm not going to return them. All right. <laughs> Born of water and the Spirit. Capital S. Notice what it says. It says capital S. I don't know if it's on the screen. John 3, verse 5. Born of water and the Spirit. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Unless he's born of water and the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You can't enter. So this relationship with the Holy Spirit is very important, very vital to our getting into heaven. That relationship, Jesus made it this statement in the spirit of truth, verse 17 of John 14, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Dwells with you and will be in you. Fourth thing that Jesus teaches us about the Holy Spirit is he's our corner man. Anybody ever heard of a guy by the name of Angelo Dundee? Raise your hand if you ever heard of Angelo Dundee. Dundee. All the guys pretty much because... Angelo Dundee was the corner man for Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time. And I guarantee you, if you were to ask Muhammad Ali why he, why he was the best, pull him aside and ask him, you would find out he was the best because of his corner man. The corner man was the guy who was in the corner yelling and screaming. When he would come in after those three minutes of fighting, he would sit down on that chair and he would diagnose what was going on in the fight. Angelo Dundee for 20 years said basically that he had to operate in three functions. He says, I'm a surgeon, an engineer, and a psychologist. I'm a surgeon because when my fighter, when Muhammad would come in and sit down, I would have to fix all the areas that were broken on him, just like you and me. And that's exactly who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit comes and when we finally sit down and acknowledge his presence, he comes and he repairs us. He puts us back together. He tells us how much God loves us in spite of our mistakes. He's an engineer, meaning that he directs us, he guides us, he leads us. He tells us the next steps we need to take. He's our psychologist because he's our counselor. When we don't have anybody to talk to, you know who you can talk to? The Holy Spirit. You know what's so great about the Holy Spirit? He'll pray for you. When you don't know what to pray for, the Bible tells us he'll pray for you. I don't know about you, but there have been many times where I didn't know what to pray, how to pray, what to say, when to say it, who to say it to. And I was like, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Will you pray for me? He ever lives to make intercession for you and me, which means he ever lives. His life is dedicated to you. He's your corner man. He's your corner man. He's your Angelo Dundee, so you can be the greatest of all time for your husband, for your wife. You can be the greatest of all time for your kids at your job. Why? Because of a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's the last thing that Jesus tells, t teaches us about the Holy Spirit. He is our source of power. Everybody say power. Jesus told us very clearly as he was getting ready to leave, he says, behold, I send the promise of my father. I'm going to fulfill this promise to you. I told you who he would be. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your corner man, surgeon. He's going to be your engineer. He's going to be one that's, that's going to come alongside you. He's going to be your surgeon. He's going to be your engineer. He's going to be your architect. He's going to help you through life. But he's also going to be your power. Everybody say power. 
He said, but I'll send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem till you are endued. That's a fancy word to say filled with, covered with, enveloped with. There'll be no distinction between you and it. It's just you and him just connected together, endued with power from on high. And then he tells his disciples just a few days. See, I think it's interesting that God, because I would have never done this, God orchestrated this series to be pre- preached now, and today is the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, today. What is Pentecost? It's 50 days after Easter. The word Pentecost is not a person, Pentecostal. It's not the name of a church. 50th. 50th. Simply 50 days after Passover. Jesus died. 40 days he spent with the disciples and he told them, he said, listen, you need to go to Jerusalem because I'm going to send you my promise, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, he says, on that day they were in this upper room, this, this chamber. It's interesting because it's the exact same room that he washed their feet in. Same house. He says, you're going to receive some power. Just wait. Just receive that power. He says, you're going to be endued. You're going to, you're going to receive power, and you're going to be witnesses to me, to all of the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the uttermost parts. This is what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. He's going to give us the power. Listen, this is what's so awesome about the Holy Spirit. He's going to give us the power to share with people an event we were never at, but yet give the same strength as if we were. We didn't see Jesus get crucified. We didn't see Jesus get raised from the dead. But the Holy Spirit will come upon us and when we share our story of how he raised us to life, they'll experience the same thing. I don't do much wood cutting, but this is an axe. And I'm sure you'd agree with me that if I decided to go and, like I could go in the woods right now, with, would you agree? Like I could go in the woods right now with Michael camping. I'm not, I don't like camping. I don't know why he goes camping. Their hotels are perfect. <laughs> Heated, cooled, whatever you need. Most of them have free breakfast. Just in case you forgot, Michael. <laughs> But he's probably going to have to chop some wood down, maybe make a fire. You could do it with this. You, you could go and, and chop some wood down. And I'm sure you all would agree it would require quite a bit of effort, wouldn't it? Or you could go into the woods with Michael camping, and you could chop some trees down with this. Now, I'm sure you would agree If I were to give you a choice, which one of these would you rather go into the woods with? This one right here. You'd rather go in, because you're going to get a lot more wood cut down with this as opposed to that. Person of the Holy Spirit. Symbolic of the relationship that we can have with the person of the Holy Spirit. Sure. You can live your entire life with that axe because you're going to face, be faced with a lot of trees in your life. 
lot of challenges, a lot of things that are going to have to be cut down. And you can do it in your own strength. You can. It's going to be really hard. And a lot of Christians sit in pews and and chairs all over the country and they're facing their battles with an ax when, when God gave them the power of the Holy Spirit in order to deal with their marriage problems, in order to deal with their financial problems, in order to deal with their kids, in order to deal with their job, in order to deal with the need of a promotion. And you can receive in us the power of the Holy Spirit. And you can receive that power. I don't want you to live your life as a believer without the power of the Holy Spirit. I know, I know, I know, I know this about every single one of you. When you were about six or seven years old and you went down on Christmas morning and your parents filled that tree with with presents, you didn't open three, leave the other seven sitting there and say, no, I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to open up any more presents. I've had enough. No, no, no. You tore into every single present that was underneath that tree, right? Listen, God's giving you a gift. And his name is the Holy Spirit. He's a who, not an it. He is God. He's our corner man. He's our corner man. And he desires to fill you with the power of God. Would you stand up on your feet with me today? Would you just close your eyes and bow your head for a second? Because in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you got to make sure that you're born again. Born of water, which you already have. And born of the Spirit. It's called being born again. Born twice. Today you can start your life over. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. He's faithful, man. He's faithful. When we make mistakes, He's faithful. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing us to this incredible relationship with the Father. And He's here today. I'm here to draw you. And I don't know where you are. I don't know if maybe it's your first time here at Freedom House. Or maybe you've been here for a long time. I don't know if you have a relationship with God. But you don't have a relationship with God. But what I do know is that the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is here so that you can have a relationship. He will forgive you of your sins. He will make you right with God. You can spend eternity with Him in heaven. You can have a right now relationship with an amazing dad who loves you more than you'll ever know. All you got to do is receive Him. An act of your will you here today and you say, I do want to receive him, would you, just, would you just put your hand right on your chest and say, that's me. I want to receive forgiveness of my sins. I want to receive the love of the Father. Church, would you join with me as we make a de- de- declaration of our lives? Just say this with me. If you put your hand on your chest or you wanted to, I want you to pray this prayer out loud. Everybody join together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died for me. I believe that his blood was shed for my forgiveness. Today, I give my life to you, Lord. Everything, all I am, I surrender to you. Thank you for being raised from the dead so I could have new life, which starts the power of the Holy Spirit in operation. Now, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in your life, I just want you to lift both hands to heaven. If you're tired of living life with an ax and you want the, you want the power of God, you say, well, I don't know what it is. Hey, listen, I didn't know what the law of lift was, but I still got on that plane. Receive Him today. I want to pray for you. And you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. Father, in Jesus' name, 
we know that the presence and the power of God is in this place because you said we're two or three are gathered. You are right there in the midst. And so, Father, right now, I ask you to fill, baptize, endue, envelop, change everyone here who desires and humbles themselves, surrenders themselves to the person of the Holy Spirit. We want to know you better, Holy Spirit. We want to we want to have a personal relationship with you. We desire to face life not not in our own strength, but but with your strength, not by power, not by might, but it's by your spirit. We receive the power of the Holy Spirit into our life right now. Just in your own words, why don't you just make this confession? I receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive you, Holy Spirit. I want to know you, Holy Spirit. Make yourself real to me, Holy Spirit. I want to know who you are. I know you're not for looks. You are for use in my life. You might even want to say, help me in my marriage. Help me pray. Help me in my job. Help me with my purpose. Help me with my dreams. I give you every, I give you my life, God. I empty myself out and I want your power in operation in my life in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that, just give God, just give Him some praise today.